this morning in the Dallas Morning News, there was an article about driving in Dallas, which, to say the least, is a little different. But the opening comment was, we don't call ourselves Big D. Hadn't really thought about it that way, but in reality, absolutely true. We call it Dallas. It is Dallas through and through. So there's a little bit of trivia for those of you outside of Texas. When you come here, you may think you're coming to Big D, but in reality, you're coming to Dallas. Hey, let's get on with the show. Muddy, my co-host in Chocolate Lab Rescue, is wondering if you're ready for some in-studio music analysis. This week's guest is Paul Williams, a producer and founder for State Fair Records here in Dallas, Texas. Well, Paul and I have been talking back and forth for months about going in-studio and breaking down the production and development of a couple songs by State Fair artists. I'm ecstatic in what we are delivering to you in this episode of the Dogger and Muddy Music Damn podcast. Music analysis episodes like this one are truly one of the original concept shows I had in mind as far back as three years ago. Paul and his wife Catherine are good friends and have supported me from the very beginning on the creation of the Dogger and Muddy podcast. Thank you, Paul and Catherine. This coming weekend, I'm heading to Austin to visit friends and conduct some musical artist and industry executive interviews. We will be working to have these published very soon, so stay in contact. Amy, can you get our show underway? This is the Dogger and Muddy Music Show. Listen up. It's all about the music. Let's check in on the artists, songs, and people behind the scenes. Are you listening? Hey, campers. This is fantastic. I'm sitting here in a music studio. I'm sitting here with Paul Williams, a good friend of mine. He's been a producer, engineer in the music business for over 20 years, uh, now with State Fair Records. You've heard me mention them, and we've had several of their artists on our show. And we're looking into the recording slash tracking room where the artists record all the music. And so this is a real treat. I mean, hey. Good hey, campers. <laughs> Glad to be here on the Duggar and Muddy show. That's right. You actually can't see the control room or the tracking room, but you just have to imagine it. It's the theater of the mind. Muddy's here, and he's sitting in the corner. He's handed over the microphone to Paul. Thanks, Muddy. Paul, tell us a little bit about State Fair Records. You know, five years come a long ways. Yeah, so five years, it doesn't seem like that long. It's been a lot of fun, you know. We've learned a lot over the years. Actually, I really feel like it's funny we're talking today because I feel like we're really hitting our stride. You know, records that we've put out this year, even more records that we have that are being finished up as we speak. So we, we have a a number of really exciting releases for the fall and maybe the early part of next year that, that I'm working on. And one of them we're going to explore specifically here today, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a record with Brianna Parker, Bri and the Fellows, who's a great sort of R&B soul singer in Dallas. Yeah, I'm really super excited about doing this. Yeah, we're going to look at one of the songs, just kind of dissect some of the production on one of the songs, oh. a ballad of hers. So I kind of stopped you. Any, any more you want to fill us in on State Fair Records? Just I think we have a really diverse roster of artists and sounds. We kind of started out, first record we ever did was Madison King, who was a country singer. And we still do our share of that. But we kind of cover the spectrum. We have rock and we have country and alt country. And we have some R&B and we have some soul. And we have a little bit of everything, you know, indie rock. 
we're not focused on a certain genre. I mean, we're just focused on like talent, just great artists that we want to work with. Honestly, the most exciting thing I think for me is that, especially in the last couple of years, like we're getting a lot more younger artists, which helps an old guy like me feel young. (laughs) (laughs) That leads to a question. How do you find them? How do you find the different artists? Word of mouth, sitting at a bar one night, listening to somebody sing. I mean, is there, there's probably not a general rule. Just in any number of ways. I mean, I've been, like you said earlier, I've been doing this for 20 years. So I have a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years that I still work with from time to time. And you know, there's word of mouth through that. I taught part-time at Booker T, taught audio right. production for a couple of years. I actually got a few clients out of my students, which is, I guess, part of the skewing young thing. But honestly, like in terms of us putting out a lot of product and having some our, our sort of brand rising, I mean, we get tons of submissions. We get people all the time that are submitting music to us Oh, really? and asking to be on the label. So we kind of got more than we can deal with, honestly. We have to, unfortunately, tell a lot of people no. They send you samples via internet or stuff? exactly like okay. to the yeah to our Facebook page or to our website. But we're always you know scouting for new for new people and like I said we we kind of got our hands full. I would say rest of this uh, 2018. What happens in 2019? I'm sure that, we'll be looking for some more acts. That's the kind of challenge you want, right? Right, exactly. Paul, we're sitting here in the recording room. When a new artist comes in, how do you get them comfortable so that when the mics are turned on, they're ready to perform? That's a great question. It's a long-winded answer. I'll try to keep it sort of short. So much of it depends on the experience of the person I'm working with and their confidence, whether or not they've been into the studio before. I mentioned earlier we're working with some a lot more younger artists recently, which is super exciting. But I just try to facilitate an environment where they are comfortable, where they have what they need, where they're not distracted. And I just try to be very encouraging. I mean, I'm pretty opinionated, and I will certainly want to make suggestions from time to time about things, but I try to build up some trust with them first. I don't go in screaming and yelling at them right off the bat, telling them to change everything that I don't like or, or, <laughs> or whatever. So I want them to feel, you know, it's a good idea if they, sometimes if they think it's their idea, even if it's not right on, to make, to make an improvement on a, on a way that they're singing or, or an arrangement of a song or, or whatever, you know, and then people that have been doing it forever, you know, I don't have to worry about that so much. They kind of just come right in and do their thing. I really have to be conscious about it more uh, with the younger, more inexperienced artists. So I guess since I've been doing it for so long, I, I seem to have a way of, of make, putting people at ease, giving them the environment where they can perform their best. Fantastic. Well, let's get into the first song. Okay. I love this. Yeah. Tell us about the artist and the song. Bree Parker. So I just want to play the song. It's called Don't Try and Catch Me. It's a ballad. Bree and her uh, boyfriend, Ari Raphael, who's her guitar player write most of their songs together. There's just a few interesting things about the song, but about the production of the song and the recording that I thought I think maybe your uh, audience might get a kick out of. I guess let's listen to the song all the way through, maybe once, then we'll go back and talk about it. Sounds like a plan. I love it, Paul. Thank you. games you love to play and all the excuses that you make all the time you love to waste and I'll gladly leave let me walk away just let me be 
Don't try to catch me That we're friends, but something just ain't right. We don't ever speak, and when we do, it's always so polite. How long will we continue? Continue this charade? Who do we think we're fooling? Just let me walk. Catch me Yeah, so I think the first thing I would say about the song is that it's it's really kind of a hybrid of a band playing, some amount of just programming and music that had been created kind of inorganically. And if you listen to the way the song starts out, the band doesn't really come in at the beginning. It's just like, well, there's a, the guitar player is playing, obviously, but like in terms of the rhythm track and the other little things that are happening, it's all... It's not the band, right? It's right. Just you're like, really you're really playing with the dynamics here. You're starting out right s- soft and just. There's some kind of like some little kick drums and some this and that, but it's all kind of programmed. Um, the band doesn't actually come in until later in the song. So if I were to play it from the top. Okay. 
Okay, so at the beginning, it's just it's really just her singing and the guitar, and then the piano comes in. You know, the bass players doesn't come in until later as well. The bass player and the drummer come in at the end of the chorus. I had this idea of kind of a bass hook. For whatever reason, it kind of reminds me of the Twin Peaks soundtrack or the the theme song from Twin Peaks a little bit. Interesting. And I don't know where, where that came from, but I just heard it, and so I I laid that down, and I'll play that for you right here. The strength. Try to catch me. So you could hear that going boom, on underneath boom, boom. underneath the track. Yeah, so I'll, I'll solo that up just so you can kind of hear what that's doing. So that little melody is like a bass melody that I kind of thought really, really helped that one section of the song. And then there's like a little bit of a synth that's got some little floaty like keyboard notes going on right, top I of that. that. But I'll play it one. I may not have the strength, the strength so it happens three or four times during the song. I just kind of fell in love with that. I thought it was a good hook. Yeah. Um, you're obviously adding some effects to the bass on that. Yeah, there's an, a sample of an upright bass, and then there's like a synth bass, or actually there's two synth basses. One of them's kind of speaks a little higher in the in the higher range, in the higher mid range, where you can kind of really make out the notes a little bit better. And then there's like the lower bass that's just more the feel of the the low notes. And then the like I said, there's some kind of sprinkly like little keyboard notes on top of the one. I love it. So that's one, you know, so that's one interesting thing I think about this tune. The other thing I wanted to, if I may just proceed, please rock and roll. Brie had given me a track to reference that she really liked to just kind of get some ideas for the feel of the song. And as I was listening to that, I kind of could hear some different things that I would wanted to kind of play with. One was just some kind of interesting, like keyboard pads that sounded like they were kind of manipulated and stuff. I'll play the chorus one more time, and then I'll I'll solo up these uh, keyboard parts that I'm talking about. Cool. Here's, here's the chorus. Okay, so that's the chorus, and you may have just heard there's some uh, some echoes going on with some really thin, kind of thinned out, EQ'd echoes of some of the vocal parts. So we, we laid in, in these keyboard sounds, and then I just flipped them around backwards and made them kind of swell. So I'll play them by themselves real quick. So this is on the chorus. So just kind of flipping back and forth kind of between the lower octaves and the higher octaves of the of those chords. It's a pattern. It's kind of it's got some rhythm to it. So now now that you've kind of heard that, I'll I'll just play the chorus one more time and you can hear it in context. So there you go. You can kind of hear uh hear what that's doing to the song absolutely which is pretty neat so that's up through the first chorus and then the band you know then i have the band coming in mainly on the second verse 
where it becomes more organic with the drummer and the bass and the, and the piano player. Right. But something just ain't right. We don't And I can, I'll just cut a section here for you. So it really shifts from a kind of sort of like manufactured or, or a less organic sound to like a more band, natural band sound. More or less for the remainder of the song. And then at the end, it kind of drops back down again to just kind of the synth and the vocal. The other thing I think is really interesting, I really wanted to find a place where we could kind of almost like, if the song, if you could see the song on paper, I wanted to find a place where you could like point to the song or point to the paper and be like, that's the payoff moment. Oh, I like in, that. In this song. And so we ended up doing a, a big vocal moment after the or at the end of the last chorus where everything kind of breaks down and it's mostly just her vocal against the uh bass hook that we talked about earlier okay so i'll, I'll play the uh the end of the last chorus and then you'll you'll hear the part i'm talking about So that's the that was kind of the spot, yeah, where it really like all focuses in right on her and yeah, the delivering cl- the message of the yeah, song. Yeah, the clarity of the voice and everything. Bang! Don't try and catch me is the name of the song, and we're looking forward to having this out sometime soon as part of an album. Breeze. So I love it. That is fantastic, Paul. Bree comes in. She sings you the song. Can you clarify what your thinking process is as to how, okay, what do I add and what do, where do I put it here? How do I make this a full song that really boom, hits people right, right in the heart? Most of the songs that we're doing, I'm trying to think of them as being her voice, her persona, and then everything else kind of surrounds that. I mean, she does have a band, a killer band, and they play all the time. They're great. But I was... On this record, I really wanted to be more, kind of more about the singer and more like everything else is kind of in support of that. So I wanted to, instead of having the band just come in and play the song the way they play live, I mean, I definitely wanted to kind of build it from the ground up. So she came in with, you know, with with Ari, with his main guitar part, and we just laid down the guitar, and then we did like a placeholder vocal, and then we started kind of building up some of the sounds and some of the rhythms. Like I said, she had some tracks that she was really into that she wanted to reference, so we, we kind of cribbed a couple of ideas from those and then once we had enough in place to where i felt like we were solid that's when we kind of then brought in more of the band to kind of play on top of that where it made sense second verse on out in this particular case but i didn't want to start with the band you know i wanted to really start with a foundation that was based on her vocal and then once we had enough in place for her to sing to for so you know for pitch reference and and whatnot then we cut the vocals it was easy then because she had everything she needed to sing cool thanks and she killed it of course and I got to tell you, cause it's a real pleasure to be sitting in here because it's an acoustically perfect room. Speakers are just, it's like Bree's not here right now, but it literally feels like she's right here. Bree Parker's singing in this ballad, Don't Try and Catch Me, is excellent. By the way, the full band name is Bree and the Fellas. I really appreciate the time that Paul Williams of State Fair Records took to break down this song. Really good info. There's no set date on the release of Bree's new album, but as soon as State Fair Records updates us, we will get the information to you. 
In addition, Paul and I had such a good time putting together the analysis of Bree's song that we kept recording and broke down another song. So today's show was part one. Next week is part two. We will break down a country song by The God Almighty's, led by Rags O'Hooligan. Be sure to tune in. You'll get a big kick out of it. Quick update on my prostate situation. I am now down to single digits for the number of treatments that are left. I'm pumped. I can actually see the end of the tunnel. Can't wait. All right, I got to run. Got to pack up for my trip to Austin. When I'm down there, I'm going to conduct two interviews, and I look forward to putting them together for you. Take care. Muddy and I will talk with you again soon. Bye. For ongoing updates, follow Dogger and Muddy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Till next time. Adios. I cannot feel or speak. Punches underwater. Drifting in the open sea. Or is this a dream? I cannot see over Trust is to falter and to taste to receive. Is this a dream? I won't.